Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. I'm speaking today with two individuals who work for online training organizations. And as the COVID-19 virus continues to impact the automotive service industry, many shops are taking advantage of the Paycheck Protection Program to keep their employees working during the crisis. With that, some employees may have more time for training. And lots of training organizations out there, lots of trainers are now offering their expertise online to allow those who are either sheltering in place or, again, have the time now for some training but can't travel to it. Take advantage of that. So, again, I have two individuals with me. The first is Jeff Peavy, president of the Automotive Management Institute and the current chairman of the Collision Industry Conference. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Thank you. And the second is Michael Smith, Director of Training for Automotive Video Innovations Incorporated, probably better known as AVI in Fort Myers, Florida. Hi, Mike. Welcome aboard. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having us on. Let's dive right into it here. Mike, I'm going to start with you. How has the current COVID-19 crisis impacted your online training? Anything specific that's, that's different now than it was before all this started? One thing we're seeing, and this is to be expected, is we're seeing a big spike in usage from schools. You know, the education industry is really struggling with putting together remote education to meet their objectives. So we're seeing a big spike in that. And from our more traditional clients, which are, of course, in-service auto techs, we're seeing more usage. But the interesting thing is the usage is moving more from evening and weekends to during the day. So that's nice to see that the auto shops are using the available time they have because of reduction in work to allow their staff to use those business hour times to uh, on, on the education market. Jeff, same question. Any changes at AMI? Yeah, actually, and I agree with Mike, we've seen a, a growth in the schools and the education's level of interest. Obviously, they're looking for resources now that they need them. And so uh, we see it, we're interacting with schools almost all day long, it seems like, uh, at least several hours a day, which is a good thing. You know, there's just an observation. Times like these, when we're in a crisis, that companies reposition themselves within their markets. And then some kind of conservatively call back and some take advantage of the slowdown and they learn and upgrade their skills and their operational processes or expand the marketing. You know, what we're seeing is some shops that are taking advantage of the slowdown, determined to become the, out of this as their market leader. And we're seeing that group train. What we're seeing different is we traditionally have a lot of individuals that are training to achieve like a professional designation. But uh, just in the last two and a half to three weeks, we've started to see organizations or companies or shops purchasing annual subscriptions for their staff so that their staff can train. And so that's been the shift that we've seen is more of the annual subscriptions. Uh, About half of the shops have said, you know, we're going to put our training on hold. The other half says we're going to put it on turbo boost, you know, and really try to train while we can. Well, it's certainly a good time to take advantage of that and bring everybody up to snuff. That's for sure. Jeff, let me stay with you for a minute. You had mentioned students taking advantage of it. Actually, Mike, so did you. Are they accessing like the normal technical training you would offer to the journeymen who do it? What type of training are the schools most interested in? 
Well, we, we actually are probably a little bit of an odd duck in that a lot of the training that we offer online are soft skills. There are some parts ordering, scheduling, more or less, you know, technical as far as actually working on the car. Our training is less for technicians and more around those that are working in the business doing other things. So uh, what we've been doing is working with the schools because there are things like parts management, uh, scheduling of cars and those basic things about that KPIs things that they may not would normally spend a lot of time on that that's the things that we're talking to them about now and that they're they're interested in as far as what we offer interesting and mike does avi offer management training i know you do a lot of technical stuff have you seen the same thing jeff is seeing yeah we're seeing an interest in not just the technical training which is our core of course but we also have a lot of soft skills type of classes and and are growing into the alternative fuels and uh, first and second responder training. We've tried to adjust to the market. Someone mentioned earlier about times like this make the client and the company that's offering the services really stand back and say, gee, what are things we can do to improve our service to the industry, both in the short term and long term? And based on that, we've done some free services out there. We do live streaming 24 hour of our archived and we're querying the industry on what they want right now. And based on that, offering some free webinars. Surprisingly, one of the webinars we did was soft skills, management skills. We've done a couple technical training. And this Friday, we're offering a firefighter class for uh, electric vehicle response. So we're really seeing a, a broad spectrum of interest from the requests we're getting in. And I really think that our company is going to learn a lot from the situation and to best adjust to what people are looking for. When we go through times like this, such incredible change, both in our industry and our lives, I often wonder what impact it's going to have when we emerge on the other end of this, because the world we enter after the CV-19 crisis is surely going to be different than the world we left when we went into it. And one of the questions has to do with the use of distance learning. Mike, do you think that this will increase the use of distance learning once we come out of the crisis? I certainly hope so. Before I came on board with AVI, I worked with a group based out of West Virginia University called the National Alternative Fuels Training Consortium. And we did a lot of instructor-led training for the alt-fuels industry. Over the last couple of years, we've seen a growth in requests for streaming training and, and on-demand training. So maybe that's one of the silver linings we can see from this crisis is this is forcing people out of the interactive type of a training to maybe take their first steps into online streaming environment where maybe in the past they thought it was too basic or too boring or no replacement for instructor-led. So maybe we can see more of that because the streaming market is definitely the most affordable way of getting great information out there to techs. So I hope that maybe some folks that have been reluctant to get into the streaming training would look to implement it in their shops in the future, even to the point that maybe now it's not a, an evening or a weekend on the tech's own time, but they can break them out to allow them to access training during business hours. Hmm. Well, I know some shops do do that. Jeff, you run the FCA program training. Do you notice the shops that you're engaged with and taking that training tend to do it on the job during the day or at evening? Do you have any stats on that? Yeah, sure. What we find is really just traditionally in, in the FCA car manufacturer training we're doing online has been consistent with that. And that is the training that people take from AMI online tends to be around the lunch hour. 
regardless, whatever time zone they're in, there's a spike during their lunch hour. And that's been pr- pretty consistent for about two years. Since this has happened, we've noticed that they're starting to take it in the afternoon. I don't know if they have work and they're getting it done in the mornings and then they have more time in the afternoon, but we're shift, it, we've, we've seen it shift about an hour, hour and a half later than just at lunch like it was. So that spike just moved uh, into the afternoon. The training with like FCA and the car manufacturer training that we're hosting is more requirement-based for like the certified collision networks for FCA. So it's more around a deadline. So we've just had a record first quarter for the organization and we have just hit one of our deadlines. So we would traditionally have a lull, but we've seen some of those shops pick it up and continue some of the other training that they believe is going to become required a little bit later in the year. They're taking advantage and getting that done now. So I think it's going to be a, probably another three weeks before we really start to feel comfortable around what behavioral changes we're seeing. But we are seeing a lot more people who have resisted online. To, you know, we offer SCORM compliant online that has quizzes and tests and so forth. We're seeing people who have resisted that finally biting the bullet, coming in, we're helping them get set up, helping them get comfortable doing it. And we're seeing that. So I think when we come out of this, we're going to see a lot more people more comfortable with the online training environment, uh, taking online courses. Mike, Jeff just mentioned they've obviously seen an uptick in the training, probably for a variety of reasons. And even though the training he references is required, have you noticed an uptick in the usage of the AVI materials? Oh, absolutely. Again, there are a few options out there for traditional education type of an environment. I think that what we'll really get out of this is maybe the need to be more flexible in the type of packages that we can put together to maybe give the instructor or to the business a variety of options, maybe more of a blended learning type of thing where you, know, you would bundle a streaming along with a live instructor doing a webinar or even on site. Uh, and especially that's valuable in the school market, which is where a lot of my experience is. Instructors struggle every day in getting the contact hours in with their students. So if you could bundle a package together that has instructor materials, practical exercises, online content, things that can be accessed mobile, that's allowing them to have a more broad-based selection of what they can offer to their students. And we've kind of known that in the past, but I think in how we're interacting with our clients now and hearing what their issues are, it's going to help us develop that sort of a service that'll carry over well past the crisis. Did you have a lot of clients in the educational sector prior to the crisis, or is this something that's grown since then? We always had some. It was less of a formal type of a situation, and we had some secondary and post-secondary. But one of the things that I'm bringing from my previous position where we had a consortium of technical colleges around the nation, that's a direction that ABI is going to move into in developing a more formalized packages for schools where not only will we develop to what they want, but also get that reverse feedback through interaction between our member schools and ABI to make it more member-driven. So yes, we've always done it, but I think there's room for improvement, and we're going to base that improvement on what the schools are asking for. By the way, Jeff broke the code a little bit earlier. The reason I had AVI and AMI on is because one, AMI tends to focus on the management. I know AVI offers management as well, but they tend to focus more on the technical, as was mentioned. 
Is there any pattern in the classes that are being taken? Are you seeing more basic classes being taken, maybe for the younger or entry-level folks? And any patterns there that have emerged from, from the data so far? Mike, that's to you. We've seen a, a growth again in the school market because that's where the demand is. A shop can make decisions on whether they train their techs or not. In the academic market, it's not. It's mandatory. So those are the folks that we're actually interacting with the most and the ones that we're trying to get things like these free online streaming classes available for them as quickly as possible. I agree with what Jeff said earlier in that it's very black and white in regards to shops. Either they cut it all out or they've been aggressive in using this time to get the techs more training to keep them busy during the day. But definitely the growth has been on the school side of things because for them, it's not an option. What sorts of technical programs, again, are the shops accessing that aren't using the technical training? Is it, are they going more for the high-end stuff or the, uh, or the basics? High-end stuff. Scan tool data. A couple of our webinars we've done have been based on that. A lot of electrical because as, as the the complexity of the vehicles coming out are growing. Technicians need to be more adept at working with the scan tool data in doing those diagnostic procedures that really didn't even exist 10 or 15 years ago. So I think the basic skills are still being accessed, but they're looking for almost like that optional type training that maybe they don't have any for every day. And they've always put on a back burner. And now it's an opportunity for them to take advantage of that. Jeff, same question. Any particular areas of interest? Yeah. So uh, what we have noticed is that it's been more subscription-based where the shop is assigning their staff to take training. And it's more role-based. So if you have customer service, they're taking our customer service track. Uh, Management's taking leadership management tracks. You know, it's kind of a new area for us, but we're hosting the Mopar YTech courses, the YTech 2.0 scan program courses. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing uh, an uptick of training on the mechanical, even though those are packaged in the collision program, they're very appropriate for mechanical service. And we have really seen an uptick in the mechanical service repair shops, taking those YTech 2.0 courses. And of course, we have the course on like, for example, how to use tech authority in the uh, Dodge Jeep Ram Chrysler program. That one has been real popular and technicians seem to be taking that more. Hmm. Mike, you actually alluded to a couple of things earlier as to what you're seeing coming out of this. Anything that we haven't mentioned that you've learned new through all of this? I mean, especially with respect to trading delivery, we talked about the most active time of day. Mike, does your data track with Jeff's where he said it seems to be more in the middle of the day or are you seeing it spread out more? On the text, personal time is where it was in the past, which tells us all that maybe today's students are being told We'd like you to take these classes, but not be given the time during the workday to do it. Mm -hmm. So by moving away from those new time, evening, weekend hours to seeing the access to the web content be during the business day, that tells us that, yeah, maybe on the short term, they're doing that to keep everyone busy because of their reduction in workflow. But maybe that could grow into a long term if they see some actual results from allowing employees to take training during the business day where they can be more supervised by staff to make sure it's done. That may be another one of those silver linings we see coming out of this. But overall, what I'm gaining from this is just how resilient and how tight-knit this industry is. It's really nice to see all the emails that we get every day as automotive professionals from the different companies that are doing whatever they can to offer free services, to offer discounts, to do what they can to get this educational material out there because 
we're all going to benefit from it as an industry. Right now, I can tell you from my experience is there's a shortage of technicians right now, and it's just going to get greater. The skill set's rising. Enrollment in schools, for whatever reason, is flat. So we need to come together to show people that the automotive industry is important. We're behind the times, and we need to do what we can to change perspective about this being an, a desirable pathway to go for students that are in the system now or are ready to get into it. There's my soapbox for you. I'm with you on that, actually. We, one of the things we, I think we need to be careful not to lose focus on are some of the things that we were doing aggressively prior to the crisis, but maybe have slipped down on the priority list because of, well, the reality of everyday life at this point in time, especially at the shop level. I think that the instructors, especially in the educational institutions, you know, depend greatly on their advisory councils to kind of keep them on track and help them along. And the fact that they're not holding classes right now may not diminish that need for that level of input that the shops have been, uh, have been doing. But I also think it's important that we all stay focused on what we were trying to do and the work that is being done by others in the industry that we can support when it comes to communicating to just what just what a a rich career something in the automotive service industry can provide all of us on the call have benefited from that i'm sure and i think that the biggest surprise that i've often found when talking to some parents is they had no idea of the scope of opportunities that are available and again i know that a lot of nonprofits jeff yours is a 501c3 i know that mm -hmm. they qualified for the payroll protection assistance, for example. Mm -hmm. But the C6s, of which ASA is one, and many other organizations are C6s, not C3s, they were not approved for that level of support. So hopefully in the next round of stimulus money, that that sort of thing will be taken into consideration. But I think it's important to remember to support the organizations that a lot of us have become accustomed to depending on, because some of them, without the, the ongoing support that we have, they're in just as much trouble as everybody else getting through this crisis. So, yeah. uh, Jeff, I'll give you the last question. We're running down on time here, I know. Anything that AMI has learned, new or different or exciting? Well, for us, uh, honestly, we were just blessed that, you know, we were gearing up and building our system very robust because of the growth we were experiencing and the, the car manufacturer relationships that we were developing. And uh, it got tested late last year and early this year. Uh, with just having you know thousands of people come into our system each month, and it and it was bulletproof. So we are poised uh, to support the education system. We're poised to support the industry in general uh, with a system that's very stable. And I know you know when it comes to online training, that's really important. And of course, we keep transcripts and records uh, of of people's professional development. So that's all important to have a very sound and robust system that's stable. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't recognize the good work everybody in the industry is doing at this point in time. But Mike, back to you. Is ABI doing anything special because of the crisis that isn't part of the normal course of business? Or ABI's basis, Florida. They were one of the last states to go to the work from home model. So it's been an adjustment for us as a business. But as for anything new from the crisis, I'd say probably the thing that I've enjoyed the most is it's increased the interactivity between the education delivery company and the end users. When you open up a challenge, the first thing you have to do, of course, is to talk about what the challenge is and how we can address it. So I'm really hoping that we can learn from this and move forward because one of the things that I learned that was a little surprising is 
how much the industry, maybe not on your average shop, but those below it in the schools and above it in more of the fleet management side of things, that they're looking for the train to trainer model. They want to make it more affordable for themselves by having programs accessible where we can train their trainers and then they can bring it internal and then keep that relationship going to keep the material fresh. That was probably the biggest surprise that I saw because I knew that would be that way in the school market, but maybe not so much in the fleet or the large industry side of things. Well, Jeff, I started with Mike. I'll end with you. Any last words? First of all, I think this crisis that we're in is going to provide tremendous opportunity for everyone. And, you know, I know it's a little troubling and it's easy to get distracted by all that's going on. But the most important thing is to just stay focused on what your vision, your goals were and try to adjust. And again, we're seeing a a very strong distinction between two different mindsets. The mindset of those that are calling back and are being very timid to do anything and those that are taking advantage of it and training. I would encourage people if they can get the uh, payroll protection plan, uh, take advantage of it, keep your employees focused and training and plan on coming out of this thing in in a much stronger market position than you came into it with for sure. I've been talking with Jeff Peavy, president of the Automotive Management Institute and current chairman of the Collision Industry Conference, and Mike Smith, director of training for Automotive Video Innovations Incorporated in Fort Myers, Florida. Gentlemen, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the time. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala and thanks for listening.